The sadness and brokenness of our lives and world is all too real. Sometimes it feels as if every day something new falls apart. What are we supposed to do? God's grand plan from the beginning of creation is for his beloved children to bless the world, to be present as he is present, to be faithful as he is faithful to his promises, committed not to ourselves, but to a world worth saving. for you to grab your Bibles and turn uh, with me to Genesis chapter 1. We are going to do a slow walk through Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 1 through 2-3. So if you uh, like to follow along, maybe take some notes. Uh, this is going to be a very familiar passage to many of us, but there is a lot there. And uh, so I would strongly encourage you to grab the Bible from the seat in front of you or find it on your phone or follow along on the screen as uh, we read together. Would you join me in prayer? Gracious God, as we open your word, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Most of us have had the experience where we meet someone and we make a judgment call on their character or we make a judgment call about uh, how we should relate to them. I had this experience uh, just a couple of weeks ago with a student or a, a member of our ASO soccer team. Something had happened and it was very clear from his reaction, uh, which was not expected at all, that there was more going on. And so trying to put together the back story, trying to understand what's going on behind the scenes, whether there's something going on at home, there's something going on at school, something going on within him, maybe uh, this time of day isn't a good time of day, but trying to learn the, the back story or sort of what's behind makes all the difference to the way in which we react and the reality is that God invites us to wonder about our world in that way. He says, I want you to respond to the world as you experience it, the people you come in contact with, whether they are coworkers, whether they, they live in your own house, whether you share an apartment with them, uh, how you relate to them, how you relate to creation. I want to tell you the backstory so that you can respond appropriately, so that we can respond appropriately. Because how God reveals himself and how God reveals how he relates to us and our world tell us then how we are to respond, how we are to react to our world. And so to do that, we want to begin at the beginning, which probably is a good place to start. But as we listen to these familiar words, I want us to think and listen for two primary things. The first is the who is the main actor? Who is the main actor? And then what happens 
when things are separated. So again, I would encourage you to follow along in your Bible as we're going to do some pausing along the way. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, a lot of folks, as they translate this verse, actually translate it this way. In the beginning, God, period, he created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, it's worth picking up on uh, right here at the very beginning. If we remember back just a few months when we were talking about Hebrews and the divine conversation, God primarily reveals himself to us through spoken word. And the way he creates and the relationship he has with creation and with us is unique and that it is primarily driven by speech. In every other ancient creation story, the gods take their hands or they take their bodies to form what comes into being. And for that, and because of the gods using their hands or using their bodies to bring things into being, those things then have a divine quality that leads to worship. But God at the beginning makes no mistake in saying the only actor, the only part of the world that we know worth worshiping brought what we experience, what we feel, what we smell, taste, touch, everything. It was spoken. So in other words, it is a servant of the divine speaker. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. The water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. Notice again that God is giving names to things, and if we knew our Near Eastern Mesopotamian history, some of the names that we find here are actually the names of Canaanites and Babylonian gods. And so the author here is making very clear that everything that Even the other religions know or claim to be true. The gods that they worship, they're all servants. They have no power. They fall under the direction and care of the creator God. Verse 9, God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the dry ground land, and he gathered the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Now, one of the things that's going to be important for us, and we're going to reflect on together, is what happens when creation is separated. 
Because in the first three days, light and dark are separated. Water above and water below are separated. Water and land are separated. And typically, when you and I think of separation, that is a bad thing. There is a negative connotation to separation. Often when we think about the word separation, we think about segregation. We think about the kind of separation that means that there has been a wedge driven in between and so that there is nothing that can be between, but rather there must be division. There must be separation. And we see this in the world all over around us. And God, at the beginning, in the way he creates, does not just separate. He spends the next three days, four, five, and six, filling. And it's almost as if God cannot wait to fill what he has separate. He cannot wait to fill the darkness. He cannot wait to fill the light. He cannot wait to fill the water above. And he cannot wait to fill the water below. He cannot wait to fill the land that he must begin to fill it on day three. I mean, the way we should read this almost is as, as if God can hardly hold back his enthusiasm. He has separated land from water and there is I've got to fill it with something. Verse 11, God said, let the land produce vegetation. Notice who's the producer here. Shade bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. And the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. Notice how God chooses to fill what has been separated. He creates the world in such a way that it fills itself. We'll come back to that. Verse 14. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky and give them light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. He set them in the vault of the sky to give them light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness and God saw that it was good. Now, you might be thinking, why aren't the greater lights named? We've got land and sea, we've got uh, uh, dry ground, we've got uh, the sky being named. Why didn't, why aren't the greater lights, the sun, and the moon, the lesser light, named? Well, one of the reasons that we might wonder about is that the religion that the Israelites are primarily working against, Baal, Sun God, the author, by God's inspiration, doesn't want to even acknowledge that Baal exists. This is a light that has been set in the sky. And notice how God creates it. Verse 14, if, you, if we missed it, and let them serve. 
And in their serving then, they are given the ability to govern. It's crazy to think about, isn't it? Not just human beings are made to be servants and then given the ability to govern, but as we're going to see in just a few moments with the birds and the fish, God creates all of creation with a purpose to bring him glory, to serve him, but also with a kind of authority. The sun governs the day. It's not as if you and I ever wake up in the morning and think, ah, I wonder where the moon is because sun is no longer in control. No, God gave the sun, created the sun in such a way to serve him by governing, by being a steward of what God created it to be. That's the fourth day. The fifth day, verse 20, and God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. Filling language. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And then these familiar words get said not to human beings, but to fish and birds. Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the waters in the sea and let the birds increase on the earth. Isn't that remarkable? That God is giving commands to the creatures. It's not as if he spent, which is often how we think about this, days one through six until humankind, sort of putting things in existence in order to serve humanity. And we know how that kind of mentality gets manipulated because it means that because we are the pinnacle of creation, which is true, that everything is just, we can do whatever we want with it because it belongs to us. And yet God in creation, from the very dawn in which the world is brought into being, God makes creation with a very distinct purpose of blessing him and he gives them commands. The birds can't just fly around. They also have to reproduce, increase, and do what they were created to do. The fish in the sea need to spawn and do what God created them to do. God gives them a command. Day six, verse 24, and God said, let the land produce living creatures. Again, just notice the language there. The land produces the living creatures. It's hard to know what to do with that. The livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, the wild animals, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. Filling language. And then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air and over the livestock and the wild animals over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the air and over every living creature that moves 
on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Again, we're almost given this pyramid, right? Where at the end of the sixth day or in the middle of the sixth day, God creates male and female. He creates them in his image and they rule over birds who are to govern and fill and subdue the sky and they're to rule over the fish of the sea who are given to rule and be fruitful and increase the number in the waters. There is this very clear order that God brings out of creation to be a blessing to his image bearers, but then which his image bearers are also given to bless, to tend, to care for. Verse 1 of chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day, made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Two quick things to note. The way that God creates, the way that God brings creation into being is out of the overflow of himself. At the beginning, we see God. God is there in the beginning and there is chaos and disorder. There is darkness and void. And God does not have need. He is not lonely. He is not challenged to know what to do. He is not wondering about his purpose. He is not wondering about how he is going to spend eternity. In the beginning, God. And what we see is that God, out of the overflow of his goodness, out of the overflow of himself, he brings creation into being. And if we are to think about the way in which we are going to bless the world, this is where it needs to start. It has to come as an overflow of what God has given to us. If we come with stingy hands, with closed wallets, with tight fists, with an understanding that someone somewhere is stiffing us, that because our party is not in control, we are missing out. If we are the ones on the losing end, we will not bless because we will not have overflow. It's very simple lesson of Genesis chapter 1. God, out of the overflow of himself, blesses the world. Brings creation into being. Brings order out of chaos, darkness out of light, life out of a void. And you and I have the incredible calling to do the same. 
And it must come from the overflow of the gifts of God. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Creator. And if we are full, if we recognize the good and holy gifts of God, we then, out of the overflow of that, can be a blessing. The second thing to note is that the way in which God chooses to reveal himself and creation is that he first brings distinction and order and then fills it. Being separated is never the last word. It's never the way that God ends the process. The process fills when God has taken the distinct uh, move to bring things apart, sky from sky, water from water, land from uh, water, brings that apart and then fills it with life. And in a world that is so quick to separate, so quick to divide and draw distinctions, we as God's image bearers have the unique ability more than any other people to say that into separation we can bring life. We know how to fill that. We know how to see what has been taken apart and we know how to bring life into that. We know how to bring goodness into that. We know how to bring a sense of calling and purpose into that. And so you and I, as we begin this series of faithful, present, committed, and blessed, we note that those are the characteristics and qualities that God shows himself to be. And he invites us as his image bearers to be the same. Let's pray. Gracious God, forgive us when we are quick to separate, draw distinction, and then miss the opportunity to fill with your life and purpose. We thank you for the beautiful story of creation where you show us that you create, where you speak, where you bring into being. Over and over and over again, we see that you are the actor, but that you also invite your creation to be part of that. The land produces vegetation. The land produces the creatures. Birds and fish are invited to be fruitful and increase in number just like we are. And so, God, may we, may we remember the goodness of your hand and that we are part of a, a whole created world and order that is longing to bring glory to you. And that it is out of the overflow of yourself and character that you brought that into being and are still bringing the world into being. And that you invite us to reflect you by being good caretakers, by bringing names into namelessness, by caring for a garden that needs caretaking, 
for by for being your presence and face and hands and feet in a world that needs to be filled. And so God, as we desire to bless and to be blessed, may we start at the beginning in who you have revealed yourself to be and called us to be as well. We pray this in the name of our Savior Jesus Christ and for his sake. Amen.